All right. I just made those worse. Um, all right. So we're going to get started, and we're going to have an awesome time together. All right? Everybody take a deep breath. Uh, you're not just breathing oxygen, you're, you're taking in life because you need life to be able to hear about the, the word of life and understand uh, how, how Jesus is moving and how he is alive. So with that, let's get started. All right, today we are starting a new, a new series. Uh, the series is uh, the, the foundations. What, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the, the doctrines of our church. Uh, the name of the series is Foundations, What Matters to Us. Uh, I had a neat slide, but I think I forgot to uh, give it to Mike. Mike, it might be in there on last week's thing. Um, but uh, we have this understanding that, that um, we, we have certain doctrines in our church that make our church our church. Uh, the, the, the idea is to communicate the, the doctrines, but not just to bore you to death with a bunch of, oh, here we go, it's going to be a theology class. No, no, no. What we have to, yeah, I know some, some would be like that. Others would be like, oh, just like pinch the baby or kick the kid or whatever. Let's get out of here. Uh, that wasn't intended to you, Danny. Where's your duck shirt today, Dan? Uh, at home in the wash. Oh, good place for it. He probably wore it all week long to work. Um, no, but we're going we're gonna to talk about what matters to us as a church. Uh, because I, I believe that these primary doctrines that we have, uh, you, you will find out there through going through the next eight weeks, there are eight doctrines, uh, going through the next eight weeks, they are going to be pretty common. And when I say they're pretty common, that, that most Bible-believing uh, churches believe these same doctrines. Uh, there are those uh, churches that do not believe some of these doctrines. Um, but what we are doing is I'm going to communicate what we, it is that we believe. And why it matters. Because here's the deal. I, I believe that church history itself ha has taught us that uh, the more open and general the articles of faith are, these doctrines that we're going to talk about, the more likely that false teaching will appear and will gain a foothold. If we don't have clear doctrine, clear statements of faith, what we have then is going to be uh, what, what we see even in, in our culture throughout is, is the, the uprise of cults and false religions. We're, we're doing Wednesday night Bible study. Um, if anybody wants to, to join us there, we are um, actually exploring uh, cults and world religions. We are right now on uh, Jehovah's Witness, uh, the, the Christian cult of Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, so uh, if you want to join us, please come. But history has also taught us that although um, we have uh, the, 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 these articles of faith, that they are essentially useless, now, and I'm going to stress that, that they're essentially useless if they're not known and followed. So, I, and I, I, the reason I, I want to say that is because if we look through this and we look through all, and we, oh, we've got these, these doctrines that, that our church believes, what are the doctrines that our church believes? Well, I don't know. Well, how are you going to follow something that you don't know? You should never just trust the guy that's standing up here talking. Now, does that say that I'm going to uh, intentionally lead you astray? No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is that what, what I say needs to be uh, filtered through Scripture. So we need to be, as the Bible says, good Bereans, knowing that, okay, hey, what, what, what Lee's saying up there? Whoa, almost said on the floor. 
Uh, what Lee's saying up there is what the Bible uh, says. It is being communicated correctly. Uh, in, in the past, what we've had um, is that, that uh, when I say in the past, I'm talking about church history in the past. Uh, in the past, we've had, um, or the, the church has had uh, believers memorize catechisms and creeds, uh, what we are doing with our own liturgy. Um, and what we do, what, oh, catechism, that's definitely not what we do. Yes, we do. We, have a, uh, we, we use the New City Catechism. Uh, so if you, if you want any, any more information on that, see one of the, the elders or one of the teachers or something, uh, we can uh, help you with that. Um, but this is giving us a solid foundation, uh, and it gave the solid foundation to the church um, that uh, they could examine uh, these new ideas that people were coming to, to them with. So it gave them a basis to, okay, respond to what was going on. Um, I, I put here that, you know, today the prevailing trend uh, seems to be openness or ignorance regarding doctrine. Openness, like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Jesus says to love everyone. Uh, yeah, but he says to confront sin as well. So we can't just say, oh, it's okay, everybody's going to heaven. That's, that's not what the Bible says. That's not what, 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 it, what is communicated. So that openness, it, it cannot just be, oh, everybody's coming in. No, and also it can't just be ignorance. You can't just use that, that common phrase, ignorance is bliss. Who's heard that? Who's used that? Yeah, we got at least a couple honest people in here. What we find is most Christians, and, and please don't take this to, uh, to, to, well, yes, yes, very much take this as heart. Don't, don't take this as an attack, just like this is a, 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 real, a reality. Most Christians would be hard-pressed to express that they, uh, what they believe in to any depth. That's where we want to make sure we're, we're, we're overcoming that. That's part of the so what. Why are we going to learn all this? What's, what does it really matter? It doesn't mean that we all have to be theologians, we all have to be scholars and everything, but you need to have some depth to what it is you believe. What do you believe? Well, I believe Jesus died on the cross. That's great, but okay, let's go a little bit further. Not that we pass by what Christ has done for us. Not that we pass by the gospel, but what we need to understand is there's more depth to what it is that we believe. There's more depth to our faith. And that the deeper the roots, the stronger the, 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 the tree is going to be during the storm. You all seen the, the, those, uh, the, those big redwood trees, right? They got deep roots. You know, here's another cool thing about those redwood trees that I, that I learned about that they're always in clusters, right? The reason that they're in clusters is because their roots tangle together and it helps keep them up. All the more reason what we're going to talk about today the, the, the purpose for the church. So, understanding that most Christians really are hard pressed to um, uh, articulate or to express what they believe. Most of you. And, and, and again, don't take this as an attack, but most of you, when you're confronted with somebody that, that questions your belief, you get defensive. That's not the proper response. That's not how we need to react to, to, to that. Or I should say it's not the proper reaction. We need to respond to that. We need to know what it, what it is we believe so that when we're asked, we can, as 1 Peter 3.15 says, give a defense for the hope in which we have. That's what we need is we need to be able to, to, to give that defense um, but as a result of not being able to uh, express what it is that we believe, uh, the result is a belief um, which is sometimes uh, like patchworked together. Like I take a little bit here and a little bit here and a little bit here, and, we, and it kind of brings all of these things together, and it, it becomes socially acceptable, and then we have what is called pluralism. I could take a little bit of this, and I could take a little bit of this, and I can say, oh, it all matters. All, all roads really lead to God. 
And then we can put this bumper sticker on our, 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 um, our Prius that says, uh, no one drives a Prius in here, does it? <laughs> Whew. I was going to say, you're in the cat family. But, um, el gato. Uh, so w- what we have to understand, though, is what, we ha- we, what, we, what, what happens, though, is when we don't have the, these strong beliefs, we start to patchwork in because we're kind of confused. And then we do put the bumper sticker on our, our car that says, coexist. Right? Coexist. And understand this really quick. Um, coexist. There is nothing about that that communicates any truth. All right, because there, there, there's seven. There's seven symbols right there. Three of those seven symbols are monotheistic. So three right off the bat are saying, hey, this doesn't work. We're not serving the same God. But what, what happens is we, when we don't understand um, sound doctrine is we have a tendency to kind of get sucked into these different things. And we get sucked into really this Christian mysticism. Well, we can't really know God, so we gotta just kind of, you know, smoke a little bit of this stuff, and then everything will be good. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going a little bit too shaggy on you, right? <laughs> Come on now. But understand that 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 when we don't have a sound doctrine, when we don't have this this doctrine that is taught to us. And that's the key, because uh, t- or, um, Paul tells Titus and Timothy, but it, it tells Titus that we are to teach sound doctrine. We are to be under the teaching of sound doctrine. Well, what is sound doctrine? Sound doctrine is uh, biblically and theologically correct belief systems. And this is what, what it is that we're, we're doing here with this um, with this series. Is This is, uh, will help us know what we believe and why we believe it. So, the big idea today, we're going to get to that, but oh, here, before I forget, if you want to know, if you want to have an in-depth look at the uh, doctrines of the church, they are on the website. Uh, if you go to the, 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 the page that says about us and what we believe, uh, there's a little tab on there that you can click on and a PDF will come up, and it has all eight doctrines in the, the long form. What you have here, um, in, in the big idea here, is just a, a short form of the long form of, of the doctrines. So you can find uh, the doctrine of the church and of God, of revelation, of sin, excuse me, of creation and providence, all of that. All eight of them are going to be there. Plus, you all need to check out the website. You need to, because we're, we're trying to make that the, the avenue in which we communicate, because you all are saying, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Other than tattoos, I don't know how else to make sure you, y'all figure this out. Um, because uh, that, that gets frustrating. But hey, it is what it is. That was my whining moment for a second. I do need a tissue. I'm using it as a pause as I turn to uh, um, Ephesians. Uh, but hey, so here, let's get started. Doctrine of the church. Uh, in the doctrine of the church, again, when we are, are talking about these doctrines, these are not just so we can say, oh, this is what we believe, now let's go. No, we believe this for a reason. There is a purpose behind what it is that we believe. Do not ever, ever, ever just take that, that word like, oh, we just believe this. Because I, I grew up in that type of a, a, an environment that, okay, Lee, you're supposed to believe this. Okay. Why? You don't ask why, you just believe this. Because I said so. And, and here's another thing. 
because the Bible says so is not a good response. And hear me on this. I'm not saying that we, the Bible should not back up what we believe. But if your response to, uh, when we're, so we're talking about the, the doctrine of the church. You need to go to church. Why? Because the Bible says so. The Bible says so. You need to tithe. Why? Because the Bible says so. You're to love your, your neighbor. Why? Because the Bible says so. Let's have some more depth there. Please? Because then you just, what happens is you, you sound like a Christian parrot. No? No parrot heads in here? Or there's parrot heads in here, but they're not saying? Uh, hey, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. I get it. That, come on now. You didn't... I, I, you're supposed to pray him alive, Dan. What happened? I see a valley of dry bones still. Come on. No. All right, so we believe. This is the big idea. We believe that the church is the body of Christ sent into the world to shine forth the glory of God. All right, so, so think about this. We believe that the, that the church is the body of Christ sent into the world to shine forth the glory of God. Now, because we believe this, and this is, this is important, because we believe this, we have to ask ourselves, how, do, how is that accomplished? How do we accomplish that in our local context? Because what, what happens uh, way, way too much is, is we, we see this, and we say, okay, yes, this is what I believe. I believe that the church is this, and yes, the universal church is supposed to be in the world. Yay. But what we do is we hide behind saying, well, you know, when the Bible's talking about the church, it's talking about the global church. It's not really talking about the local church. Fooey, it is. I think I ran it on this a few weeks ago, that Jesus himself writes letters has, has, I should say, have, has letters written to seven local churches. The Apostle Paul writes to local churches. We can't look and say, oh, it's just the church, everybody that believes, that's what they're, who they're talking to. Yeah, but there's a local expression here. We have, we have responsibility. If we don't take responsibility, what is going to be accomplished? Because the mentality, I know that you all won't do this, but the mentality will, is, well, somebody else will do it. Somebody else will shine forth the glory of God. Hey, I'm just being nice to my wife, so I'm shining forth the glory of God. I'm, I'm preaching the gospel and sometimes using words. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Don't ever, don't ever do that. Don't ever say that, I should say. No, because the gospel requires words. I understand that there is a, a, a local expression to um, the universal church, and that's who we are. I, I put in, I think I put there in your notes, the, um, what, a local, what, what we define the local church as. Because I think that when we're talking about the, the, this church, when we're talking about church here, let's focus on our church, and let's focus on our local church. And, and the local church here that we say is a local assembly, gathered together in response to God's call to serve and worship Him. So, so understand that. This is a local assembly that's gathered together. Now, now, wait a second. You don't have to really gather together to worship God. Again, fooey on the, these thoughts that, that have pervaded, that, that just, that, 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 they like invaded, I should say, invaded us. Like, well, we, we don't, if you're a Christian, you really don't have to go to church. The problem with that is that you do. You, you, you do because you need to be under sound doctrine. You need to be taught. You need to grow in, in your relationship with Christ. 
And that's going to be one of our points in a second. But understanding that there is a purpose for this local assembly because we're responding to God's call to serve and worship Him. Now, as we're talking about the local church, look at your first point there. The why the church exists. Because I touched on it a few weeks ago when we when we wrapped up our, or I should say I wrapped up my portion of the um, of the prayer the prayer series, and then Dan wrapped it up fully last week um, with uh, praying in the spirit. And it, it's not up on the website yet. That is my fault, Dan. Um, Matt asked me to do it, and I just didn't get to it this week. So Matt, make sure you get both of them up this week. Gotcha. All right. My apologies. It has nothing to do. So anybody is thinking, well, Dan must not have done a good job because it's not up on the website. That is not it at all. It's because Matt got a flat tire and he asked me to do it and I dropped the ball. Just saying. Again, another reason why you need to pray for your pastor. Goodness. Please, please pray for me. All right. The church exists to worship and glorify God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The church exists to worship and glorify God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We saw in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 21, it says, To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Remember Paul when he's writing to the church in Ephesus. He's writing this prayer, and he ends a prayer, this prayer here with where the glory is to be focused. And we understand that the glory is shown through the assembling together of the saints. Uh, this isn't in your notes, but in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24-25, it says, for us not, not to neglect the assembling together of the saints. Well, but that's not really what it means. Yes, it is. It's, you don't need an interpretation. Do not neglect assembling together, the, the assembling together of the saints. And I, I love this word assembly. Um, it, when, when we're looking here, and I have uh, Matthew 16, 18 um, in, in your notes as well there. But when, when, when Jesus talks about the church, understand that the, 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 the church, the word church, is not a, a term in the original language. The actual, the, the ecclesia that is, it is the original word means the gathering. The, 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 the term church, that's something that came on late, later on. It's actually um, from a, a German word. Um, and an awesome story. It's actually kirch. Uh, if, you, if you know my last name, that, that's where our, our name, we were, we were Kirchners, you know, people of the church, which was awesome. So I was destined to be your preacher, um, well, however you guys look at that. Uh, but, but understand that the, the, the church, when, when it's talking of the glory um, of God, is to uh, be proclaimed and to shine forth through the church. We see that there um, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 21. The second thing that I have here, too, is not only that the church exists as if this is, this is a... Uh, um, I'm not, like, not important enough. The church exists to worship God and to glorify God, but it's, it's to glorify God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The church is to glorify the, the, the triune God. The Trinity. 
This is something that we're learning on Wednesday night together, that this is one of those key doctrines that separates Jehovah's Witnesses, in this case, from being Christian. They do not believe in the Trinity. Okay, so, so understand that we uh, believe, a, a core doctrine of the church is that we believe in a triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we are to worship and glorify Him as such. We, 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 we pray to the Father, all right, through the Son as He intercedes by the power of the Holy Spirit. We understand that, 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 that it is important to, to not just view God as Hey, the, the old, old guy sitting upstairs. Big man upstairs, right? Who's guilty of that? Come on. See, this is another thing. You're supposed to be able to not lie in church, right? Repentance! All right, we can pound the pulpit and it'll bend. But, because it's not a pulpit, it's a music stand. But understand that the Father, Son, and Spirit, He is, is that He is one. That when we worship God, we worship all three. Not all three gods, all three persons of the, of the Trinity. Copy that? Don't ask me to explain the Trinity, because then, then we will be here until uh, the Browns go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> or Jesus comes back. Like, um, I'm thinking Jesus coming back is probably going to be first, right? <laughs> all right, the second thing... Uh, the ministry of the church. So the church exists for this, but now the ministry of the church is an extension. I love this. Is an extension. Now, you're hearing that, that, that pause, right? Is an extension. What does an extension mean? No, 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 no. It's not an add-on. It's, it's, it's from. It's connected to something. And it's extending out from something. So the ministry of the church is an extension of the ministry of Jesus in the power of the Spirit. So there is not a separate ministry for the church. The church is an extension of the ministry that Jesus started. Uh, turn real, real quick to, to Acts chapter uh, 1. In Acts chapter 1, we, we, we see um, right before the church was established we see that Jesus says to His disciples, because they're wondering, like, when's the kingdom of God going to come in? And Jesus says, it's not for you to know times or seasons, but, it, it, but uh, that, that the Father is fixed by His own authority. But here in verse 8, He says this. So don't worry about the timing of all of this. Here's the most important part. Jesus, Jesus says, so I, I, I view Him like looking, like taking that, that stance, like, here, listen, look in my eyes. Like, like i got to look at Gabe. Gabe, what did I just say? Look at me. Look at me. Acknowledge. This is important because communication is not just telling words, right? It's, it's a two-way two -way street. I, I, I see Jesus. He's like looking at his, his, his disciples. Probably Peter because, you know, Peter's probably like... Dur, 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 dur. Anyways, he's looking at his disciples. He says, but you will receive, you being plural, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So you're going to, he's saying, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But it's not so you can go act crazy. 
The power of the Holy Spirit is not so we can run around and, and confuse people. And do, No, 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 no. Does the, the, the Spirit manifest Himself through the gifts? I, I believe that fully. But I, I believe that we have to understand the purpose of the sending of the Holy Spirit by the Son. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. So here, the Spirit's going to come upon you for a purpose. The Spirit is going to come upon you so that you can be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will be indwelt with the Holy Spirit for a purpose. This is a breakdown, a major breakdown in the church, big church, but I think also in our church as well sometimes. I receive the Holy Spirit and I go like this. He's mine, oh mine, and I hold on to him. Okay, yes, receive him into your life, but understand there's a purpose in why he was given to you. Well, he's to seal my salvation. Absolutely. Totally believe that. But he is to empower you to be a witness for Jesus Christ. So, so I, I can't do it on my own. I don't know what to do. I get it. But it's not, it's not on your own to do it. Jesus here is saying, okay, you're going to have power from the Spirit, which I'm going to give you. And understand that the Spirit, when He manifests Himself, all that He does glorifies me. So if somebody's like, well, I don't know if that's of God or of not. Does it glorify the Son, which in turn glorifies the Father? Well, I don't know. Well, that's the question in which you need to ask. The Spirit of God, when He moves, when He works, He is to glorify the Son. He's to, glor he's to shine forth the ministry of Jesus Christ through us. And, and God forbid, use us to do that. Oh, wait a second, somebody else is going to do that. No. God gave you what he's given you. How about this? I heard, I heard a bald guy say this one time. God made you, you for a reason. Right? God made you, you for a reason. Well, I don't, I'm just not, I'm, I'm insignificant. Okay, do you have the Spirit of God dwelling inside you? Oh, yeah. Then you can be a witness for him. So the ministry of the church is an extension of the ministry of Jesus and the power of the Spirit. We see that in Acts chapter 1. Turn uh, real quick a, a few pages back to Matthew chapter 28. <sighs> Matthew chapter 28, we see the ultimate mission of the church. So it's an extension of, of, of the ministry of Jesus and the power of the Spirit. But how does that look? What does that look like? What are we to do? The ultimate mission of the church is to bring glory to God. How? By making disciples. By making disciples. That's, that's what we want to do here at LifePoint. We want to be a church that exists to, to glorify God by making disciples. But not just making disciples, but making disciples that make disciples. We've got to, we have to have that fire. We have to understand that it's not just about coming to church and, and hearing a, a, some good music and, and, and some, some, some word. I'm going to get the word, yes. What are you going to do with the word? That, I don't know. That's my, that's my frustration. It's like, I don't understand. Am I perfect now? No, 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 no. Don't, don't hear me like I'm, I'm preaching down. No. I don't understand how we can hear the truth, but we fail to, to, to conform to that. Well, it's sin nature. I know it's sin nature. I get that. But I got the power of God inside of me. So what do I need to do? Submit. I need to submit to God. 
submit my life. Well, you know, he's kind of, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know too much about him. Uh, he will reveal himself to you if you submit to him. He will not lead you astray. Yeah, but th- this activity in which I'm in, I, I kind of like doing it. And, you know, it, it, you know, it helps me uh, ease the pain or, or whatever. Uh, you know, I just, you're submitting to that, whether it be drugs or alcohol or pornography or buying stuff or control or whatever. I don't know what it is. But when that is what, what has the, the grip on your life, you're submitting to that. Because it controls you. How about let's take a, a stand and let's submit to God. Because when we submit to Him, He's not going to lead us astray. He's not going to not give us life. Jesus says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give life and life abundantly. He never said life in abundance. This is not the, the prosperity gospel. If you just have enough faith, then you'll have that Lexus. No. That's not it. What it is, is you have an abundant life. A life that is controlled by God Himself, the Creator of heaven and earth. Well, I don't know what to do. Well, that's the beautiful part about it. You don't have to know what to do. Because if you're following Him, He's got it figured out already. Are you going to trust Him though? Well, I trusted Jesus to come into my heart. I'm saved. Yeah, I get it. 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 But if you're going to trust, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but if you're going to trust Jesus with eternity, why wouldn't you trust Him with the, the now? Jesus can save me from hell. <laughs> okay, yes! And I could go to heaven. Yes! So He can rescue you from the situation in which you're in right now. Well, I don't know. That's going to be kind of... I, I, don't, I, gotta, I don't know if I can take... So you're telling me... So for, for, for the, the, this duration of time, whether it be 80, 90, however many years that you live, however many, many, many years that you... So you're telling me that Jesus is good enough for when it's all over... But he's not good enough for right now. So he's good from um, year 80 to eternity. But this time, I think, I've got, I think I'm, I'm better suited for this. It doesn't make sense. That doesn't make And I'm not calling you ignorant. I'm not calling you stupid. I'm just calling you human. What we have to do is we have to, to, to wrestle with that. Like You're right, it doesn't make sense. How do I make this step? Okay, first thing is, it's not that you're doing this, it's submitting to God. And it's understanding that, that the power that He has given you is so that He can be glorified. That you can be His witness. So, so think about this. Even Zach sleeping over here can hear this. Come on, Zach, wake up! All right. Hear this, hear this, that, that, that the Spirit inside of you can do way more than you think. Remember the prayer we prayed last week, or we heard Paul pray? The want to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than I can even think, right? Ask or think, I can think about a lot of things. Understanding, though, that this, the ultimate mission of the church is to bring glory to God by making disciples. Look at, at Matthew chapter 28. Oh, you guys are going to love this next section because we're going to fly through seven things really fast. Um, Matthew 28 says, go therefore, and make all dis- or, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The ultimate mission of the church. This is Jesus' last, I, I like to call it his last, his, his last battle cry before he, he, he ascends to heaven. Oh, his, his disciples are there. Same thing with Acts 1.8. These are same, same time frame. So he, the disciples are, okay, what do we want to do? All right, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. All right, how do we do that? Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad you asked. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Well, how am I supposed to remember all that you commanded me, Jesus? Another, full, another beautiful role and job and work of the Holy Spirit is to bring to remembrance that in which you've learned. So understanding as the Spirit is stirring inside of us, and as we're to make disciples, I love this. Did I put it on here? I did. In your notes, I put down here when we're talking about, what is a disciple? Because too many people are like, well, it's just a follower of Jesus. Well, no, no, it's more than just a follower of Jesus. It's a believer of Jesus Christ whose life is changed by following Christ in His command. Your life cannot be the same, and you say, well, I'm following Jesus, but nothing's changed in my life. You're not following Jesus. Or you're following Jesus, some other guy that's named Jesus. That was a joke. Maybe not that funny. A false, not a Jesus of the Bible, right? Understand that your life cannot stay the same. I'm not saying it has to be perfect, but a disciple is a believer in Jesus Christ whose life is changed. There's change happening. Understanding there will always be change until the day in which we die. If we put our faith and our trust in Christ, He will continually change us. It might be, some of you are like, man, I don't see any, but it's, it might be small little tiny baby steps, which is another reason why we need to be in the assembly together because sometimes we can't see the change. I need my brother to say, man, I've really seen you grow in this area, or I've seen this happen, or I've seen this. If we just step back and go, man, I have changed. Look how humble I am now. Y'all need to be humble like me. Right? Man, I would cry about that too. <laughs> Understand that, that, that a life that has changed. That's all right. Hey, if there's a crying baby, that means there's life. We need more crying babies. Get to work. You, you thought it was Danny? It's you? It's because he doesn't have his duck shirt on. Hey, let's get through seven things really quick. Because I know you, you, you have blanks on your, your, your uh, fill-ins there and you're going to go crazy. You're going to be the crying baby afterwards. Pastor, you didn't tell me number six. All right. Number one. And, and, and all these are seven things that, that, that um, are listed in our, uh, our doctrine of the church. That, that it says that this is how disciples are made. Because it's not just a... So, so don't think that... And this is something else for another day, but don't think that discipleship is just, I'm going to sit down with you and we're going to go one-on-one. Discipleship is all of life and we're intentionally engaged together. Seven things, real quick. First one, worship. Now when I'm saying worship, I'm talking about this, this raising our, our, our voices, raising our praise to the Lord. I said it earlier, and I'll say it briefly again, that... Uh, and it, it was, uh, I think it was A.W. Tozer. Yeah, A.W. Tozer says that um, 
I can safely say on the authority of what is revealed in the Word of God, so this is, he's referring to the Word of God, he says, I can safely say that any man or woman on this earth who is bored and turned off by worship is not ready for heaven. Some of you are like, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to pay attention. J -j hear me again. If you get bored with worship, and it doesn't mean that we have to have lights and cameras and smoke and all this other stuff. If you get bored with worshiping God, you're not ready for heaven. <gasps> what does he mean I'm going to hell? I'm not saying you're going to hell. I'm saying that you're not ready for heaven because in heaven we're going to be worshiping Him forever. And ever, and ever, and ever, and ever. And that's a long time. So get used to it. Why not, why not practice now? The second thing, prayer. I'm not going to go deep on this. We just spent four weeks on prayer. Understanding that that's part of uh, making a disciple's prayer. Teaching of the Word. That's what you hear here every single week. If we're not teaching the Word, find a different church. And take me with you. Right? If the Word is not taught, that is not a church. The, the fourth one, and I apologize, I was going to go through these a lot slower, but I know for time and everything, you guys want to get out of here. But um, Number four, observance of the ordinances. What are you talking about? Now we're sounding pretty even more liturgical. Yes, we are. The, a church has to observe the ordinances. What are the ordinances, Lee? Baptism and Lord's Supper. Those are the two ordinances of the church. Now when we say Lord's Supper, we understand that that's the, the, the symbolic. We, we, we believe that it symbolizes the breaking of the bread and the shedding of, of, of Christ's blood on our behalf. And that's a time of, of remembrance. But baptism is also this symbolic um, action. We believe in water baptism. We, specifically bat, or believer's baptism. You have to believe, then be baptized. It's not, well, I was baptized as a kid. Doesn't that count? No, no, no. The Bible teaches us that, that you believe and then baptized. We believe that here in believer's baptism. Water baptism, it's a visual and symbolic demonstration of a person's union with Christ in His likeness and in His death and resurrection. That's why when we dunk, we got a tank back here. That's why we, we, we dunk. Hold your breath. Until you bubble, right? Number five. So here's the I don't I, again I, I'm sorry I go over that real quick. If you have any questions about baptism afterwards, see me. Number five, fellowship. I think I, I've belabored this point long enough today. You have to have fellowship. Discipleship doesn't happen apart from relationship. Discipleship does not happen apart from relationship. Well, I can sit at home and read my Bible. and That's not discipleship. That's growing in knowledge, okay? But you don't understand the Bible until you apply the Bible. How you do that by yourself? You cannot do that in isolation. Well, I watched Charles Stanley on TV. Great! Great preacher. But you're missing the fellowship. That's not going to church. Well, I watched Joel Osteen. That's definitely not going to church. It goes back to that cult thing. But anyway, um, let, let, that's for another day. Number six, 
Making disciples involve the exercise of our gifts and talents. The exercise of our gifts and talents. You were gifted with something. Every, every believer in Christ has a gift. Well, I don't know what it is. Okay? The, the, uh, the objective is to find out what that is so that the body can be edified. Gifts and talents are given for the edification of the church. It's not so you can go earn an extra dollar singing karaoke or whatever. Lord knows that Jake and I aren't going to go do that. We'd have to pay. <laughs> Please let us sing. No. But the, the gifts and talents which we have been given is for the edification of the church. For the building up of the church. Number seven. This is a huge one. Making disciples involves, because I think that, that we're, we need to do a better job of this. And, and, and I, I don't want to joke about it. I, I want to be serious. I want this to set in that making disciples involves, number seven, the proclamation of the gospel. I think that we have a lot of, uh, of well-intended uh, Christians. Like, I, I want to, but understand that if, it's, if, if we're not proclaiming the gospel, we're missing an element of discipleship. I'm not saying that you're not a disciple. I'm not saying you're not going to heaven. I'm saying, though, that, it's, that discipleship involves sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, what He has done, telling people that they can go from being dead to being alive, that the, the, the spiritual deadness can be put away and I can have life. And back we said, life abundantly. But what happens is we, we get scared. This is where the devil really attacks us. Well, you, you don't know what to say and you don't know what to do. And How about we rely on, on God to, to empower us to do what He told us to do? Go and make disciples, right? How do you make a disciple? They've got to be uh, evangelized first. They've got to hear the good news of Jesus Christ first. They've got to trust in what He has done, not trusting what they have done. That's the first step. I think it, happen, it needs to happen in the church. So fr from the stage, I think it needs to happen in our classes. It needs to happen in our small groups. It needs to happen. It needs to constantly be happening. It needs to be happening when we come here. Instead of always talking about the Browns not winning or the Super Bowl happening, and those are fine. We're not going to be like, you can't talk about that. It's fine. Talk. But how about we insert Jesus into the conversation? Hey, this is what God is doing in my life. Because guess what? You're around a bunch of people who love Jesus and want to hear how He's working in your life because they want to tell you how He's working in their life. It's almost like there's this reciprocal thing. This Alelon principle. Oof. For another day. Oh, wait a second. We already went over that. Look it up. Proclamation of the Gospel in the church, in the believer, in the believer, you need to preach the Gospel to yourself every day. Preach the gospel to yourself every day. What do you mean? Remind yourself you're a child of the King. That you are saved. You're sealed. That when the enemy attacks you, you don't, no way, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have to worry about that. Because the Bible says to submit to God. I'm a child of the King. I'm the child of the Creator of, 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 of everything. I'm submitting to Him. It says if I submit to, to, to God I, and I resist the devil, what does it say He'll do? He'll put His tail between His legs and He'll run away. Oh, by the way, I don't think the devil has a tail. But anyhow, you get the picture, right? With his little red pitchfork. No, that's, that's not how he looks either. <clears throat> Proclamation of the gospel in the church, in the believer, and then in the world. We need to share our faith. Why do we need to share our faith? Why do we need to do all of this? Why do disciples need to be made? I believe this goes back to that Matthew 16, 18. Because when Jesus looks at Peter, and he doesn't say, Peter, I'm going to build my church on you. 
He says, Peter, upon this rock, meaning the statement in which you've made that you are the Christ, that I am, actually Jesus said that I am the Christ, that you said I am the Christ, upon this statement that is made, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How are we going to grow strong in the church? We're going to be built on the foundation of who Christ is and what He has done. So it's important to know all of these building blocks and all these foundational pieces of our church. So, so don't go through the next eight weeks and be like, oh, we've got another doctrine. How about you look at each one of these, even if they get dry. Even if I wear a wetsuit, how about that? See, I try to keep it wet. No, that'd be bad, wouldn't it? Erase that from your memory. Even if it, you think, well, this is dry. Understand that these are the foundational blocks and what we are, who we are, and how we're going to be able to witness to this broken world. There is a broken world out there, and we, <laughs> this, is, this is comical, but it's also humbling. We are God's tool to use to reach that broken world. So my, my question is, how, how, are you going to, how are you going to respond to being the church in a broken world, knowing that you got purpose? Let's pray. God, as we think about these things, as we wrap all this up and this question that kind of just is, is running through my head of um, just asking this, like, do you, even, do you even want to be a part? Maybe that's the question we should ask ourselves. Do you want to be a part of the biggest display of God's plan for redeeming this broken world? Do you want to be a part of that? And if we are saying, yes, I want to be a part of this, is what we are talking about as a church. We are to lift your name up. We are to show your glory and to shine it in the world. So, Father, as we sit here and as some are wrestling with some of the things in which I've said, um, God, I ask that, that you uh, let, help them wrestle. Let them wrestle with the truth. But, God, let them also seek help. Not help is like, is it that they're inferior? No, just get answers to get closer to you. God, if there's someone sitting here and has not heard the truth of the gospel, that has not had the gospel shared to them, God, I pray that as, as the truth is about your good news, about how we are separated from you, but it's only through Christ and His shed blood that we can be reunited. And it's only through His resurrection that we can be one day with you. That, that, that through the conquering, conquering of Satan, sin, and death, that through our faith and our trust in that completed work, God, we can spend eternity with you. God, if there's someone here that has not grasped that, God, my prayer is that, that you open their, 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 their heart, that you let the Spirit of God, of you, fall upon them and split their heart wide open. Bring them from being dead to alive. God, for the rest of us, let us be empowered by your Spirit to proclaim your good news in this world that's around us. God, all of this is for your glory. All of this is so you can be the one who sits on the throne. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.